Father, Lord, truly our hearts ring with that desire to be at a place, Lord, that, Father, we, we could ask the question as we sang it, why is my heart so longing just to go home to be with my Lord? But I know you'll see me safely there. Now, Father, I don't have to worry about what's going on around me, but I know you've called me, you've wooed me, You've drawn me. You'll keep me safely all the way home, Lord. It's not up to me to understand how, but just to say, Lord, I believe you. I believe your word that every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line, every precept, every jot, every tittle, every punctuation, it's all mine. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you never make a promise that you don't fully intend to keep. But, Lord, you always keep your promise. You're always on time. So, Father, we ask tonight, Lord, as we've come gathered in the name of Jesus Christ, you said if two or three would be gathered in that name, you would be there in the midst of them. And you fully intend to keep that promise. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are here. We thank you, Father, that you've come to meet our needs. You've come to answer our questions. You've come to speak to our hearts, Lord. You've come to break the bread of life. You've come, as it were, as you spoke to the woman at the well, said, if any man would drink of the water that I have, he'll never thirst again. We've come to drink of that water, Lord. Uh, Father, we never go thirsty looking for something to quench that thirst in our souls. But we know we have an everlasting well. That there's a fountain open tonight. Lord, we approach that with boldness, yet humility, Father. Say, Father, give us this day our daily bread. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Thank you, musicians. We'll take our Bibles together and turn to the, the book of Hebrews. We'll turn to two places while we're standing. Hebrews and Zephaniah. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 39.
Amen. I want to speak tonight and maybe lay a foundation or set up a stage for the next service I may happen to speak, even though that probably won't be for a while. But I want to speak really on a paradox of the title would be Supernatural Fruit Perfected in Time of of Gross Darkness. Supernatural Fruit Perfected in Time of Gross Darkness. And it's really a paradox because things to grow, they need light. But the world is groping in gross darkness. Yet God is bringing fruit to perfection. And I want to start now in just first Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 39 where he says, And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, Receive not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Amen. Let's go over to Zephaniah, if you will, Zephaniah chapter 2. Zephaniah chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, gather yourselves together. Yea, gather together, O nation not desired. Before the decree bring forth, before the day pass as the chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you, seek ye the Lord, all ye meek, of the earth which hath wrought his judgment seek righteousness seek meekness it may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger let's go over to one more place brother Mark I didn't give this to you Malachi chapter 4 Verse 5, a very familiar scripture to us. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Amen. May the Lord his blessing to the word. You may. Have your seats. I want to just start and take a quote from the church age book from the Ephesians church age. Brother Branham talks about the light going out or going diminishing so dark at the end of the Ephesian church age. And he comes, he says, but thank God in the last age, in the last age, there will be a group rise up. The true bride of the last day and she will listen To the spirit, not any spirit, the spirit. In that day of gross darkness, the light will return by the pure word. And we will return to the power of Pentecost to welcome back the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He says, I thank God, not just anything, but who's doing it? God's doing it. God's doing the work. God is the one. As we heard this morning, we know it's nothing new to us, but it wasn't Brother Branham that broke the seals. 
It was the Lord Jesus that came and broke the seals and brought back the pure word of God to bring what a bride of Christ that would listen to the Spirit. In other words, those that all the way down through the ages, heroes of faith, great men that did great wonders and exploits and they did mighty things, but they were not perfect without us. They couldn't come to the perfection of it because there was something that had to be done. The pure word of God, the fullness of the word of God had to be made known. Had to be brought out so that there could be a bride and there had to be a Gentile bride that would come. That it wasn't just uh, the, the Jews and God was dealing with the Jews and he will turn back to them. But it's not about that. He says, I must have a Gentile bride. And he typed it down through the Old Testament over and over and over. A Gentile, a Gentile, a Gentile in there. Why? Because he's typing out saying there's got to come one. That out of the midst of all the gross darkness and the adversity, she will catch a revelation. She will catch something that everybody else is missing like Rahab that was there in that city. Nobody else in the city caught what Rahab caught. But Rahab, a Gentile woman, a harlot that, that had no reputation, caught a revelation that the great men in the city were completely missing. And it was gross darkness. They thought, we got this. They were poor, wretched, miserable, blind, naked. They had no idea. They thought, we got walls that can do this. Missing what God was going to do to them the entire time. But one woman understood that, that, that there's coming something that these walls are going to do nothing against. There's coming something that the best of our defenses are going to do nothing against. Hallelujah. I thank God that there's a bride today that's already recognized the best that Satan's Eden has to offer can't do anything against what's coming. The best of their, 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 their systems that they have, one measly outbreak called the pandemic of COVID shuts it down. And that's the best that Satan's Eden has to offer. And they're still looking at thinking, we got this, we got this, we got this. But there is a fruit. In this time of gross darkness... This time of gross darkness where, 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 where people don't know where to turn to. They don't know where to go. The leaders are groping around saying, do this, don't do this, do that, don't do that. They don't know. But there is a God is doing in this, in this terrible age, perfecting a people, bringing it around to a place where they can receive the fullness of the word. Brothers and sisters, the more I study the message, the more I pray, the more I'm convinced that everything that's happening is because God is perfecting a bride. It has nothing to do with world powers and, and this and that going on and a pope and that. That's Satan's Eden. But God is bringing it about so that there will be a people that will come to a perfection so that they can manifest back what he already did when he was here on earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to notice in Zephaniah, it doesn't make a call out to the sinners. It's titled, uh, in my Bible, it's titled uh, a call to repentance, but it's not a call out to the sinners. It says, all ye meek of the earth. It's already calling to those that have a humility, a spirit of meekness on them. In other words, a subjection to the will of God. It's to those that already know what it is to follow the Lord. He says to you, pray for more of it. Pray for righteousness. Don't just stop and say, I'm good enough. Pray for more of what you already have. Hallelujah. 
We see the world is going in one direction. They're heading in a downward slope, gross darkness. It's easy to take the easy way when you can't see where you're going. You don't take the way with all the obstacles when you can't see where you're going. When the light is turned off, if you know there's a clear path, you take the clear path. You don't say, but I know this way is quicker, this way is shorter, but i got to jump over some things and there's some obstacles in the way. If you can't see the obstacle, you're not going to choose that direction. But in gross darkness, the world unwillingly is headed in an easy direction straight to hell. Because there's no obstacles to it. It's just live a life of ease. I love that scripture Brother Ed wrote this, read this morning that these men he read in his, in his text, clouds without water. What is a cloud without water? It's a useless cloud. It doesn't bring rain. Clouds without rain. It doesn't bring any water for, for, for the, to water the crops. It blocks out the sun. But it likes to bring you some shade to say, it's okay, relax. It's nice and easy. Take it easy for a while. It's a cloud without water. It's useless. Amen. That's the way the world's headed. They want clouds that got no water. They don't want to grow. They, don't, they just want to make it nice and easy. But that's the direction the world's headed. We ought to be headed in a different direction. Because there's two spirits at work in the world. There's the spirit of God that is working in his church. And there's the spirit of the devil that's working in the world. And he's pushing his children to do certain things. He's pulling them to do it. It's not Donald Trump in control. You with me? All right. It's not Justin Trudeau in control. And it ain't his party in control. But there's a spirit that's pushing men to do things that they're doing that they think it's them doing it. It's not a group of men get together and we all got this under control. It's not 10 men, 12 men, 13 men. But there's a spirit pushing them in a direction that they don't even understand which way they're going. They're just doing what they're doing, feeling like they're doing a good thing. And that's all fine. That's the way Satan's Eden is operating. But we are not led by that spirit. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Therefore, it's going in an opposite direction. Praise be to God. If that one's going this direction, we ought not to be trying to align with their attitudes and with their direction and with their movements and with their fashions and with their ideologies and their dogmas and their creeds and their trends and try to align with that and fit in the best we can. If you're led by the Spirit of God, you're heading in an opposite way. Saying, how far away from this can I get? How far away from this evil can I get? How far unlike the world can I dress? Hallelujah. But it all depends if you go with me to John 15. It all depends on where you're sucking your life from. What the life that you're living is and where it's coming from. Because we find in John chapter 15, once again, a familiar scripture to us all. Where Jesus says, I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. Amen. Amen. I'm the true vine. My father's the husband. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Hallelujah. There's the reason, the action, and the reaction. It's bearing fruit. He's seen that it is good. So what does he do about it? Baby it and say, oh, that's a nice branch. No, he purges it. That word purge is actually in the Greek is kathyro, which is to cleanse of all filth and impurity, to remove all the useless parts through atonement. 
Christian, how wonderful that is. He doesn't do it by beating us over the head, but he removes the filth and the uncleanness by applying the blood of Jesus Christ to our lives that the atonement was there to pay for all of those things so that we could continue to draw from the vine. Notice Jesus says, I am the vine. He doesn't say, I'm one of the vines and all the branches that are in some of the vines. No, because we know there is two vines. There's the tree of life and there's the tree of knowledge of both good and evil. But Jesus is speaking about one. I am the true vine. I am the tree of life. I am the one. And you are branches that are stuck into me. Hallelujah. We're not plugged into the tree of knowledge of good and evil to see how far we can climb up there before jumping back over. No, we want to be plugged in to the tree of life. Say, Lord, let me draw all of my strength, my life, my desires, my trends, my fashions from this tree. Hallelujah. It's not for everyone. It's for those who have been identified with the atonement made for their sins. They have been made a benefactor of the husbandmen. If we read on, it says, Now, verse 3, ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. What are you clean by? Emotion? Excitement? Church coming? No, you're clean by the word. The washing of the water by the word. You become clean by that. And he says this. Why? What is he doing when he's purging you? How is the blood being applied? It's by the word. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. It says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch could not bear fruit of itself. Except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. Hallelujah. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, he can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And man gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. And if you abide in me, And my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. How is the Father glorified? That you bear much fruit. That you take the water that you're being washed by, and you continue in that word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not for every tree. It's for one tree. The husbandman isn't over their tree in the life of uh, of the knowledge of good and evil. It's got its own husbandman. A Lucifer. That wants to try and bring it up to what he's doing. What's it called? Satan's Eden. Bringing it to his perfection. Bringing Babylon back to his own image. But there's another tree. The tree of life that has a husbandman, which is God, that is pruning it in those that are subjected and identified in the atonement that was made for them. In other words, they're identified that the life that I'm plugged into is the tree of life. I'm not plugged into a tree of knowledge. I'm plugged into a tree of life, and my life identifies that that's what's in me. He says, those are the ones that are benefactors of the husbandman that he continues to reveal himself to him in the atonement. 
Hallelujah. The Bradham says, he says, I've held the Bible in one hand, the Koran in the other. And I said, one of them's right and one is wrong. Both of them can't be right because they're contrary one to another. I say, you prove that your prophet is dead. He's in the ground. Our Jesus raised from the dead. And he promised the things that he did will do also. I said, now let me see you do the works of Muhammad. <laughs> Can't do it. Yeah, but the works of Jesus Christ is done by the Holy Ghost. When he come to anoint the people, do you believe that? Certainly we believe it. What, do, what, what would keep us from believing? Because God made a promise. God said so. That settles it. It's that simple. Now, man cannot do that. It's supernatural. It's something that man can't do. Well, I, I got a couple minutes to explain it. He says, but see, man can't do nothing. It's God in man. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Now as long as the branch is in the vine, it'll bear the fruit of the vine. Now God's always used man for his agent. That's why he used his own son to unveil himself. Hallelujah. So I wanted to call it the, the unveiling of the unveiled. Amen. He come down, he took the form of man. In order to die the death of a man, he could not die in the spirit. But he was to be put to death in the flesh. See, it was God was in Abraham. God was in Isaac. God was in Jacob. God was in Joseph. God was in David. He was in those people back in there, them prophets and so forth. It was God working through men. Now in this New Testament age, the blood of Jesus cleanses his church and sanctifies it. That his Holy Spirit might continue to carry the work of God on through all ages. So let me ask you, is the power any different? No. It's the same. It's the same power of God that keeps moving on and on. It was God in those men. It was God in those heroes of faith. You read about Moses where he just raised a stick and the Red Sea parted. He struck the rock and the water came out. That was the power of God. It's the same God today. It's the same one that stood there on the day of Pentecost. He said, repent to be baptized. And so many thousands were added to the church that day. It's the same power. That could make them speak in so many tongues at the same time. Everyone understand them. It's the same power. He's just the same today. Brother Bradham carries on. He says, if it isn't, we're false witnesses of this Bible. That puts it on us now. Or does it? Because it ain't us. This ain't something no man could do. This is only something the Holy Spirit can do. But he uses men as his agent. See, isn't that true? If it isn't true, then the Bible isn't true. It's time that men preach the gospel. It's time that the power of God was made known. When the heathens trying to step on that word, waiting men like the Hebrew children. I was, I was listening the other day to, it was, it was a podcast and, I was just doing, they, they, they just turned suddenly in their conversation and started to curse the Bible. I just shut it off. I said, I'll never listen to that again. So why? I said, I can't. If that's the spirit that they're behind them, driving them, 
So, oh, we don't need this, we don't need that. I, I can't feed on that. I got one necessary thing to feed from. That's the tree, the vine that I'm pushed into, that I came out of, and I'm going back into. When the heathen's trying to step on that word, they've been trying to step on it for years and years and years and years, saying the days of miracles have passed, the days of miracles have passed. We are seeing miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Oh, my. Let me just share with you one right now. I just got it today. Just when I was in the back office and Brother Ed, it's from Brother, brother Tim Pruitt, actually. Tim Pruitt, it says there's a, there's a Dr. White that works in, in, the, in the Minden Medical where Brother Joe Adams and Brother David Butts work. Some of you recognize those names. He said he was known as a foul, vulgar, mouth, rude man. He got the COVID virus and was on the ventilator 40 days. He was returning, but he has returned back to work a changed man. He says during this time on the ventilator six times. He went to a, to a dimly lit room and a doctor who was deceased came to him and said, when you go back, repent and make things right. And when he came to, he told his attending physician who, who said, you know, your heart stopped six times and I was able to bring you back. His wife, being a Christian, had a prayer chain going, and he, he, and he said during the time of his illness, he couldn't see. He just heard voices of people praying for him. And after his sight came back, he could see people in his room praying for him. Needless to say, Dr. White is a changed man with a clean mouth, and he even goes around saying, God bless you to his coworkers. God bless you. That's the spirit of God. That could change a man through a woman. I don't know if she's a message believer or not, but she was a Christian enough to arrange a prayer chain to say, pray for my husband, and God moved on his behalf. Hallelujah. His Holy Spirit could carry out the work of God through all the ages. It's just the same today. It's, just, it's time for the power of God to be made known in the church today. The power of the devil is surging. He's going about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But there is a God. The same power that Peter had to walk out of a prison because there was angels there. It's the same God today. Hallelujah. I don't need permission from somebody to tell me you can't do this, you can't do that. I'm looking for God. You say, Lord, what do you say is possible? Because with him, all things are possible. Hallelujah. We have not received the spirit of fear. We have received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, Father, Father. We're not crying, oh God, way off yonder. No, it's Father, Father. I'll share with you a snippet. I shared it with Brother John and Brother Max. I said, on my heart this year for the young people is to preach to them Jehovah as known by his children. Jehovah as known by his children because Jehovah is a God that dwells with his family. The Father is known in so many ways to his co-workers. He's known one way. Two different ones out there. They're the enemy. He's known another way. But to his children. He's known in an 
to me way that they know that's my sole source of life. That's the one that provides all that I need. That's the one I go to for protection. That's the one I go to for my food. Jehovah is known by his family. I don't care what the world has to say about him. I don't care what they have to say. He can do this and he can't do that. He can do this and he can't do that. They want to put God in a box. Secular churches want to put God in a box. Message churches at times want to put God in a box. God help us to never put him in a box but say, Lord, let me be the box in your hand that you just take wherever you want. Hallelujah. When heathens try to stop the word, they try to step on that word. We need men like the Hebrew children. What did the Hebrew children say? Our God is able to deliver us. And even if he doesn't, we need men with that kind of a confession to say, my God is able to deliver me. But even if he doesn't, I'll still serve him and I will not bow to your image. I will not bow to the ways of this world. I will not bow to this Babylonian system because even if my God does not deliver me, he'll still take me home. Yeah. Hallelujah. It goes to show, Brother Branham said, there's a perversion, a dark spirit hanging over, gross darkness over the people. That's the age we're living in, isn't it? A spirit hanging over them. Gross darkness, fear lingering in the minds and in the hearts of the people. But he says it's the hour of the calling out. There's a darkness over Egypt before the calling out when the token was applied. It's time for the church to get the token or the gross darkness is upon the people. Gross darkness. We've applied the token for year after year after year because we know such a time as this is coming. That gross darkness is upon the people. Fear is, 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 is ruling the people. But there's something in the hearts of the believer. It says, don't worry, son. Let the death angel pass. Yes, Brother Bradham says, clean out the cupboard. Clean out the cupboard. I just listened to the message door and doors. It says, there's doors in your heart. Let me just take a few minutes to get into it, Brother Adam would say. There's a few doors. You got a door called pride. That's a hard one to let him into. He says, clean out the cupboard. Amen. Open the door. He's knocking on the door. He's knocking, saying, won't you just let me in? Clean out the personal life. Clean out the private time. Amen. Clean it out. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, we have a good old-fashioned house cleaning. Let the blood be applied. In other words, let the purging happen. Let him purge the branches. Say, Lord, if there's been any fruit in my life, purge my branch. Let me bear more fruit. Let it be greater. Let it be bigger. Let it be perfected. And if there hasn't been fruit in my life, help me, Lord. And when the token is to come in, clean it out. Sanctify it. Oh, my. God, I'll take this now in a little bit different. God is a different light, but yet he's light. Talking about the cosmic light. He says, but now I think that it's a picture. It's great proof of what I'm thinking to say, that God is light. And we were walking in the light of God. We are walking in the light of God as sons of God. 
says, God is not cosmic light. But God's light operated through the cosmic light of our bodies, our cells. What's he just saying in a different way? God uses men as agents. When you take an x-ray, there's light. It's not that the cosmic light that's in you is literally God. But God uses that. God uses that cell. It says like a seaweed to get in the bottom of a sea. Lots of times, divers, you get down there in the seaweed before they know it. They're wrapped in such a way they can't get out of it. Oh, if we could just stay out of the seaweed. Stay off the interwebs. Call it that for a reason. It's a web. It's like a seaweed. Oh, you get in there. I just got something to say. I got something to say. And pretty soon you're wrapped. Slowly. But I think I'm doing some good slowly. Slowly. Just kick a little harder. Yeah, just slowly. Wrapping you up. He says, well, that's the way sin does to the human being. That's the way coldness has done to the church. That's the way communists has done to the nation. We ain't seeing that today. It's so treacherous. They call it all kinds of things today. What is it? Says then in a human in the human body it's wrapped us, it's pushing out this light of God by denomination and denying faith and so forth. It's pushing out all the rays of God's great power of faith. See, that's in us. What should that should be? We've pushed all these rays out in such a place till we got a lodge. God is a spirit. He must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. We don't want to try and teach away the power of the gospel. Try and just get it just lined up just right till we can say our ABCs and we can talk about the algebra of the word and we can fit revelations together and run it back to Genesis. But forget about the power. Forget about what happened on the day of Pentecost. It was an ignorant fisherman. He couldn't have read to you out of Genesis. He couldn't sign his own name. He didn't know. But there was God begin to move. And when God moves, he really moves. There ain't nothing that can stop them. They could try and step on the word of God all they want, but they're forgetting the word's bigger than they'll ever be. Forgive me if it's just coming out straight and harsh, but... how it's on my heart so we just become a lodge and then now below the lodge the church is because it's just pushed all the darkness out and even just saying oh it doesn't happen denying that things could ever happen my I was reading in the in the family altar book I think it was the other day it was either there or, or, or somewhere else anyways anyways and uh, brother Brown was talking about how he says if we ever get to the place where the sick come up and we pray for them and they don't get healed we need to call for a solemn fast. We don't just need to walk away and say, oh, they didn't have enough faith. No, sir, we need to call for a solemn fast. Say, something's wrong. There was a Joshua that had a promise. He said, nothing would stand before you. wouldn't lose a man. But one day he lost about 16 or so at the Battle of Ai. And he didn't get all down there and say, oh, those men, they were just bad fighters. No, sir. He said, no, I had a promise. Something's wrong. 
Somebody's off the word of God. They're sitting in the cab somewhere. Oh my, sometimes I feel we need a good purging like that to say, Lord, purge the branch again. If there's something in my life, forgive me, oh God. Let me confess my sins. So that when they come, because the God promises of God, he keeps them there. Yay and amen. When you come and the elders of the church anoint you with oil, they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. That's a promise. Hallelujah. We are not to look at the other. We ought to look at ourselves and say, oh, God, what happened? He had a man, he says, somewhere down in him. Using the same quotes of the message, the uncertain sound. Somewhere in him, if he could only let that little. Listen up, Landon. This is what I was talking to you about this afternoon. If he could just let that little, like a little button. When a man is saved, that much of him is God. And that, that little light that comes in there. Oh, it might be gross darkness all around, but that little light comes in there. Says to make him quit doing what's wrong. Now, if you could just take all the malice and envy and strife and unbelief out, that little button-like of that light of the power of God will keep growing and growing and growing, crowding out the unbelief. And you don't do it by exhortations of bodily exercise. Hallelujah, because I'm failing at that lately. Praise be to God, but you do it by a sanctified, consecrated life that the Holy Spirit moves through you. How do you do it? By a holy, consecrated life that you can allow God to move. Oh, branches that were once bushy and green, unruly, flamboyant branches that look all nice. We like those big branches, don't we, sometimes? They provide the shade, the big green, and they got the big leaves and everything. Oh, this is a nice tree. But if it ain't got no fruit, what's the point? You go to an apple tree, you expect to find apples. There was a man one day who's also God. He walked by a tree one time looking for figs. And all he found was some real nice-looking leaves. time of fruit was not yet but still that the disciples might know what he do he cursed the tree as a type oh my oh my the husbandman begins to trim down those trees because this is the time this is not that time this is the time of fruit This is the time to bear the fruit of the Spirit. That the same Spirit that's been working in the church down through seven church ages. It's not time for big leafy branches. It's time to bear fruit. It's time to have a purpose in life. It's time to be a part of the symphony. Hallelujah. It's time to know your place, to be positionally placed in Christ Jesus, doing what he called you to do so that the eternal thoughts of God are being lived through the worshiper. So that the husbandman in this day begins to trim and trim down to the fruit it is bearing, begins to receive more of the life 
coming from the vine because all of those useless parts of the branch, they're stealing life. So the fruit can only get so big because they're pushing out all this and all that, all these other things that's not doing anything but looking pretty, but he wants the fruit. So he takes all those other things off so that the, the life can go right down and manifest the fruit that it was always meant to manifest. Hallelujah. This gospel was not meant to manifest big, beautiful houses. Wealthy jobs. It was not meant to manifest great wealthy people. It does not promise that you'll be wealthy and all of these things. Oh, that's wonderful that God could bless you. You give and you'll receive a blessing. There's promises of that in the scripture. But that was not the purpose. The purpose was to manifest the fruit of the Spirit in love, joy, peace. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 6 says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Forgive me if I feel like I'm yelling at you all the time. I just get excited. You just can't help it sometimes. If something's burning on your heart, you just got to deliver it the way it is. Amen. I was joking a little bit with a brother the other day, and I said, you know, I don't blame people if they don't want to come hear me preach. I said, if I, if I could have the ability to not hear myself preach, I wouldn't either. But the problem is, wherever me goes, I must be there with myself. But that's okay. That's the triune being. You see me in the flesh. There's myself that's in my spirit. But I am in my soul. And if you just see me for who I am, we'd be all right. Amen. There we go. All right. We're back. Down to earth. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. It says, for we walk not in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. There it is. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringeth into captivity every thought, not just every deed and every action, but every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in readiness to revenge all disobedience. Jesus was an example of that. He turned to a man one day named Peter. He said, oh, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven, in the very next little while, he says, Satan, get behind me. He was ready to revenge the disobedience. See, that's, that's, that's really harsh. He just called him this, then he called him that. Yeah, because he said, no, I got one purpose, to manifest the fruit that the Word said I would manifest. It says, when you're, then when your obedience 
is fulfilled. Hallelujah. Do ye look on at things after the outward appearance? If any man trust to himself that he is Christ, let him of himself think this again, that as he is Christ, even so are we Christ. Hallelujah. It's exactly what Brother Ed was describing this morning. You don't know what that individual has committed to God. If you think, well, I'm of Christ, and that that person, no, even so they. For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord hath given us for edification, and not for your destruction, I should not be ashamed. Oh, my. Lord, help me. Now, I want to bring out a quote in this. Brother Ram talks about calling Jesus on the scene. He says, you can't make yourself believe. Did I read that right? You cannot make yourself believe. That's why they're called make-believers. They're trying awfully hard, but they're sure failing. Because you can't make yourself believe. It's something, it's a quality that's in you. Faith is the substance. It's not just a make-imaginary, he says. It's not make-belief. It's the substance of things hoped for. In other words, if you go back to the Greek in that, it's the substance of things that are expected. For evidence of things that you believe and you don't see yet. And all the whole Christian armor now, remember, is by faith. Hallelujah. It's not something you literally put on. And it's not a carnal conception. In the spirit. You say, well, if I, just, if I just think about it, if I man over matter, I make myself believe. No, but you can't do that. You'll fall at some point in time. But is a little something in you about the size of a button. The whole Christian armor now, remember, is by faith. All supernatural. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, patience. That's all unseen things. The whole Christian armor. The Christian always looks at things that he does not see because he's looking at the promise. Praise be to God, the Christian armor, it's not something even that you put on and say, well, I'm a pretty patient person. I think I'm pretty meek. I'm pretty humble. You know, I'm pretty subject to the will of God. I, I got this pretty under control. I love, I got joy. You know, I'm a happy guy. Amen. Every time I see a believer, praise God. I'm a happy guy. I got joy. I got peace. You can't put that on. You can't make believe that, Brother Brown says, when it's talking about the fruits of the Spirit, that's all supernatural. You got supernatural fruit perfecting in gross darkness. When there shouldn't be any light to grow fruit, there's something in the believer that is light in their heart. Because as we read it in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts. Because it's not a natural fruit, it's a supernatural fruit. It's the unseen things. It's something in you that you don't even understand. 
that you can look at and you can say, well, before, I, the way I was, like this testimony I read you, the man before, well, he, he, he would have come out there and just a vulgar mouth man, Dr. White. But when he come out of that, he meant something. Well, there was something in his heart now that he just, hey, I got to make some things right. My time is my time. I think about that sister. Forgive me, I'm not going to remember her name. Brother Max, if you know her name, you can, you can just say it out. But the sister that, Brother Bannon went and prayed for her. And she died. And God, I, I, Brother Bannon, she went back to him and said, God, you owe me an explanation. Why this sister died. You owe me an explanation for this. And we know he eventually repented of that when God gave him the explanation, right? Because God doesn't owe us anything. But that was his attitude at first. Finally, God showed him in a vision and said, see, she actually was, uh, was at a picnic and got off on her own and drowned in a stream. But her husband revived her. That was her time to go. But she had some things to make right because she wasn't ready to go yet. So me and my grace let her live longer so that she could come to me, back to me. Hallelujah. The grace of God even in death. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. I have, to, I have to share this about my mother. She died multiple times. Multiple times my father sought the Lord and God gave her her life back. During all this time, one of my brothers and his wife were away in Manitoba. You know who it is. My brother Philip, his wife Leah. They were away in Manitoba having not seen my mother for a long time. But for some reason, two weeks before she finally, I think it was two weeks before she finally passed on, they decided to come back home just for a visit. And they were there. I don't know about you, but to me, that's the grace of God. For the sake of a son and a daughter-in-law, so they could see her one more time. Sometimes we don't understand just how deep the grace of God really reaches. There was a time when Jesus made the atonement that he went down to hell. I'm just beating from my heart now, so if you don't like it, uh, sorry. But uh, there was, he went right down to hell and he went down there. He went for a purpose. He was to take our sins back and put it back on the head of the devil. And as he come into like a hole, I was thinking about the other day the way Brother Brown describes it. And as he kicked in the door, and he began to walk through there, I began to think about all these demons that were sitting there. They're set death. Couldn't raise a finger. He thought he had them, but now he's sitting there. Can't raise a finger. There stood cancer. Can't raise a finger. There stood arthritis. Can't raise a finger. There stood depression. Can't raise a finger. 
There stood anxiety. There stood fear. There stood all kinds of bodily bone problems. Oh, there stood all kinds of dog demons and diseases and sicknesses and afflictions. Not one of them could raise a finger as he just walked right through the middle of them. Take the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Took them there. Left the load of sin that he bore for us. And turned around. No one could say a word. Think about that. No one could say a word. No one devil could say one word to stop him. He was God just walking back through there. As he just reached over and knocked on a door. Abraham. Time to go. Abraham, it's time to go. Isaac, Jacob, Gideon, Samuel, all of these ones, prophets, godly people that have lived, heroes of the faith. This is the one. This is the one. No one demon could stop him. Talk about power. And the same power today. The same God today that just says, if you just ask anything in my name. I'll do it. You abide in me and my words abide in you. But it's got to be complicated, Brother Andrew. No, it's a supernatural thing. It ain't got one thing to do with the natural. It ain't got one thing to do with how strong you are. It ain't got one thing to do with how much weights you lift. It ain't got one thing to do with how much time you run. It ain't got one thing to do with how pretty you are. How well you dress. How much money you have. It's a supernatural fruit. That as the world looks at it and they scoff and they make fun, you guys, you're a nation that is undesired. But you, he's calling, saying, the meek in the world, the meek shall inherit the earth. So the meek begin to cry out to God, give me more meekness. Let me be more subject to the will of God. Let me be more sensitive to the voice that's crying out within me. While we look not on things which are seen. 2 Corinthians 4.18. But we look at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Just want to close. Branham says it's in the message the intervail because I'm healthy and strong tonight because I eat good I get enough sleep no it's not actually what he says something in your guys' hearts ringing right now like hold on a second here brother Andrew that doesn't sound right says I'm healthy and strong tonight because I believe God said so when I took him at his word. 
That's all. It's your faith in God. The only thing that will stagger. That's the only thing that will ever heal a sick person. It's your personal faith in God. Not what some man can do for you. It's what the man Jesus Christ has already done for you. And you accepted it. In other words, you identify with the atonement. And you say, I'm identified with the life of the vine that I'm plugged into. That this life is what's pushing through me. And I've got faith that that life is what's going to bear the fruit. That my branch will not be cut off and cast in the fire. But I will bear much fruit because he purges me. Oh, you refuse to see the symptoms or anything else and walk by faith and the just shall live by it. Oh, if we could just have more men like that, the Hebrew children. They had symptoms. You want to talk about symptoms? They had symptoms. There was a raging fire. The guards died trying to put them in there. They had symptoms. But they didn't look at one of them. They said, my God is able to deliver me. I'm not looking at the symptoms of the world and all of the fear that's all around. My God is able to deliver me. Oh, my. Let's stand to our feet. The scripture says in Isaiah chapter 60. You just forgive me, I'm jumping a whole bunch, but you can blame Brother John. He told me to do that if I feel like it's getting to the end. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 says, Arise, shine. Thy light has come. Not anyone else's light. This isn't a light that shines over the whole world. This is your light that shines on your heart. See, but though my neighbor's not seeing it, who cares? This is your light. For behold, the Lord, the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon thee and his glory shall be upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light. The kings of brightness of thy kings to the brightness of thy rising. Praise be to God. Rise and shine. Thy light has come. You know that song, Brother John? Healing is here. You know what I'm saying? That good. Ask Brother Mark to put that on the screen. Did you get that in there, Brother Mark? He's got it. There's a song they sang it at the special meetings. They sing it in Grand Prairie and they, they sung it down, and Brother Andrew Spencer sang it after service. If you put the next verse up there, what are we looking to? The scripture says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. I reach my hands up to the heaven. I lift my eyes to where my help comes from. I look to my rock. What are we looking to? Are we looking to the world and the medical system and the this and the that and scared about this and that? Or are we looking to the rock and saying, where's the power? Elisha got the mantle, but he went down to the river and he smote the river and he said, where's the God of Elijah? He was looking for the devil portion he'd asked for and he got it. We need more preachers today that want to stand here and say, where's the God of William Branham? 
He's the Elijah. I'll be the Elisha. Where's yeah. the God that was here? Yeah. He didn't leave in 65. That's right. He didn't leave in 77. Yeah. He didn't leave in 2020 March. Right. No, sir, he's still the same God today. Amen. Where is the God of Elijah? Hallelujah. Brother, if you want to just sing that. He, healing is here. Healing is here. Oh. I receive it. It's that simple, saints. If you just raise your hands to Him, Lord, you're here. Healing is here. Freedom is here. Whatever you have need of, just take God at His word. So Lord, it's a supernatural fruit. I'm not looking for some kind of natural outward appearance. I want it down in my soul. I want God to change me. And I believe it. Oh, I reach my hands to the heavens. I lift my eyes where my help comes from. I look to Trust in you, for freedom is here. Casting out fear, for you are the God of all power, and it is your will that my life is healed. Sing that again, sickness. Oh, and sickness can't stay any longer. Your perfect love is casting out fear, and you are the God of all power, and it is your will that my life is healed. 
broke it up tonight. I told Brother John in the office where I say, I got a lot on my plate and I, I just pray, Lord, help me to deliver it. I don't want to rebuke the church, but rather to admonish. God is preparing a bride. There's no question about that. This is the end time. There's no question about that. We've seen the end time sign. We've seen everything happen. We're not waiting for anything more to be revealed. We're not waiting for another messenger. We're not waiting for another message. We've received what God has. But he says it's limited by our faith. That if we could just step up and say, Lord, I'm not looking at the symptoms any longer. I'm done with looking at this life that the devil has tried to push over on everybody. But rather, I'm looking to the promise of God. Lord, you said it. I believe it. That settles it. Heavenly Father. Lord, I haven't even asked for a show of hands, but there's hands up all over the building. Lord, they're not looking to me. They're looking to you. Lord, you're the author. You're the one that wrote these promises, and you're the finisher. You're the one that keeps these promises, Father. If we could just look to you, our rock, our healer. Father, we don't need a new gospel. You're the same God today that was in these pages. You're the same God that was here and lived through Brother Branham. You're the same God of Brother Ed. You're the same God of Brother Harold. You're the same God today. Lord, you're the same God that's still living and breathing. You don't diminish in power, but you're bringing a bride unto perfection to bear the fruit of the Word of God. Lord, that everything that you've written in your word, that what she would be, a word bride. She will be a word bride. Because you said so, Lord. If we could just be submissive and meek in the word of God. Lord, help us, Father. Yes. We need more of you. Yes. We need more. We surrender our lives. Lord, we give ourselves over and say, Father... We're done. 
We're done with the ways of the world. Let that little button seed, let it keep growing and pushing out the unbelief, pushing out till, Lord, it's just love, that unconditional love of God, that life of Christ in us that when there's even somebody that doesn't love us, we just don't know why, but we love them anyways. Father, commit each one to you. Forgive me, Lord, if I got in the way tonight. Lord, I pray that you just take these words that were spoken and just make it real. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, we give ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I give myself away. I give myself away. Give myself away. myself away so you can use me. I give myself
myself, I give myself to you and I give myself away only to you, Lord. I give myself away so you. 